Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the gang, the one you never asked to be a part of. You are listening to the Grief Gang podcast, the show dedicated to breaking down the topic of grief one conversation at a time with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. Hello and welcome back to a, another week's episode. It's just me, myself and I today, me, myself and I. And we are going to be talking all about grief and the body. How does grief affect the body? This was a topic that came up time and time again um, from you guys that you wanted something on it. And it's been something that's been on my to-do list for quite some time. And I finally got an round to it um grief affects our bodies in more ways than ones and more <laughs> more ways than one that we and you know we don't even realize it and so in this episode i'm going to be sharing with you a little bit about how um i've recognized in hindsight how grief has and still probably does affect um my body and also from you the wonderful grief gang community who so kindly and openly shared your experiences and how it affects you. Um, stick around towards the end as I will be sharing some resources and some information of where I have found um, the info that you are going to hear in this episode. Um, so happy listening and big love. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome to this week's episode. Let's talk about grief and the body and how grief affects the body what it does to the body because more often than not this is a side of grief that's very like well underrepresented (laughs) yeah you get the gist obviously in grief so much we talk about the emotional sides of it because it's just you know in hand in hand of course but very rarely but actually more more so now I'm, I'm seeing is uh people talking about whether that's communities professionals whatever it is actually talking about the physical effects of grief 
And I think that, I mean, full disclaimer here, full disclaimer, actually, before I go any further, <laughs> as we all know, I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional, darlings. Um, I'm not a doctor. This is, oh my God, do you hear my belly grumble? Fucking hell, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm not a professional. I'm not a doctor. This is just my own experience. And a little later, you will hear some experiences and, you know, opinions from people in the grief gang community who have shared um, with me how grief has affected their bodies or how they f- they feel or think grief has affected their body. And let me tell you, there's a lot. There's a lot of things. Um, and I find it really fascinating. I find it really fascinating how like our head and our hearts and what we're going through mentally and emotionally has such an integral, I'm not integral, that's not the right word. I keep using that word a lot as quite um, a really visceral effect on like our body. And when I put this call out to the grief gang community saying, you know, tell me how has grief affected you and your well-being and your body? And some of the things I got back, I was like, couldn't even think how that could but then actually upon further reflection and actually like reading into a bit deeper how it's interlinked um makes total sense so I guess really the whole objective of this episode is just to really just share awareness on it because and I don't want to go as far as being like you know everything is linked to your grief like I don't know like how to word of like saying you know just because you're going through this, like it's, that is immediately linked to your grief and your loss. It might not be, but it's just good to know that maybe other people have had these side effects. My stomach is scrumbling. So maybe hunger, maybe hunger is a side effect of grief. Um, (laughs) actually it is a bit for me. So I'll, I'll share more of mine, but yeah, just to share awareness and to know that you're not alone. And that if you're thinking, Oh God, I'm, I'm feeling or experiencing this, is this just like a random me problem or is this something maybe a bit deeper that's upon reflection like interlinked with my grief you know we're just sharing we're just talking I'm trying to do a little bit more chatty episodes you know and just um I've I've banked over the years I find that so weird to say over the years with grief gang like it still feels like I've just started this thing and it's just it's been three years what the hell but like I was saying, over the years, like I've just collated all of these like random topics, ideas that like either like you guys will inspire me to want to talk about or on the Instagram or just like in the middle of the night, I get these ideas. And I've, I think I've held back being like, um, oh no, that wouldn't make like a, a long episode, therefore don't do it. And it's like, no. I quite enjoy like little bite-sized episodes of like my favorite podcasts, just like when days are busy and kind of you can't get the long ones in, having little bite-sized. This is, I guess, really the start of the mini-sode episodes, let's say. Um, and I'm excited about it. It's it's short, it's compact, hopefully insightful. And hopefully you'll know that if you get runny bum, that it might be <laughs> interlinked with your grief too. Uh, <laughs> Right, I'm going to start fucking around. It's weird doing mini episodes because like normally on big long episodes, I have like a proper structure. It's just me today, guys. So 
I think before I get into like some of the research that I very loosely, loosely did online, because you know, I'm not a researcher, guys. I'm not about to start making this all like a professional podcast and like, and this, this, and that. But you know, it's always good to have a few facts behind you under your belt. But I thought I would kickstart before I get into sharing, you know, the resources that I found and um, people's experiences. I'd share a little bit of my own, you know, you know, it's what I do, it's what I do. I can't ask you to share and not me share in tandem, you know, it's just not fair. Um, so when I actually start thinking about this and like how grief affected my body and looking back and kind of actually even like present, but really actually taking myself back to those very early, because again, this is all like opinion based on what I'm talking about. My experience is I'm talking about me and I can't, if this, you know, is, in relation to anybody else but I don't think I I think there's um I think there's like very different reactions and bodily reactions uh to grief so like for example and like um the ones that we're going to talk about today I'm going to share with you today I think actually tend to come maybe a little bit further down the line for me I don't think I started realizing um the physical effects it was having on me maybe minimum maybe like three months into but then there were those immediate physical reactions and changes um in the immediacy of my mum's death so like in the days and weeks afterwards like started realizing oh this is how that's affected me and then actually later on um the more maybe long-term effects it was having on me and so I guess I'll share a little bit more of the immediate effects that I definitely upon reflection and hindsight recognize and you might recognize in yourself here as I'm talking the most immediate one for me that I um quite quickly noticed in myself amongst the whole you know days of those initial first weeks was my lack of appetite and very very rapid weight loss full disclaimer and I've got no shame in saying it right I was the skinniest I'd ever been in my life when my mum died and I fucking loved it and I looked great. Immunity necklace, immunity necklace. You know, there's there's this thing on TikTok going around. I mean, my best friends were talking about it. This thing called immunity necklace. And if you put immunity, if you type immunity necklace into the group chat and you say that, you're basically immune from anything that you're about to say, how wrong it is. So I'm saying immunity necklace now. I miss how skinny I was immediately after my mum died because I looked the best that I ever had in my life. Shame me for it. I don't mind. But jokes aside, and that was very abnormal for me. Um, it's in terms of the lack of appetite, right? I'm an eater. I've always been an eater. Um, it was very unlike me to miss. I, I'm not going to say like I skipped meals because it wasn't. It wasn't a conscious thing for me that I was um, missing meals. I wasn't skipping them purposefully. I was honestly forgetting what time of the day it was and going oh shit it's four o'clock in the afternoon I've not had breakfast lunch I've had a measly snack maybe actually in most days though it was honestly nothing and it would get to dinner time and I'd just like wolf for dinner down probably wasn't that nutritious at all just something just to fill the hole quick and easy like I'd lost all kind of appetite for like you know, getting back into cooking. Like, I love cooking. It's a favourite pastime of mine. If my boyfriend's listening, he's going to say, you lying bitch, it's me who does the cooking, which is true. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I I really lost my appetite. And um, 
when I now look back on photos of myself, like around those kind of three mums, I look really hollow. And I, I know I said like I was my skinniest, I looked my greatest. I didn't actually really, like, in terms of like my face, um, I look quite hollow. It wasn't like, you know, really like um, to a point of like where it was a worry, but I didn't look healthy. That was for sure. Um, I'd really lost like quite a lot of color in my skin, just like any sort of vitamin in me. It was quite scary, but I was hashtag skinny, but (laughs) I would just, yeah, forget to eat most days. And then therefore, obviously I had a severe lack of energy. And then I guess actually thinking now on this next one, on how on the next kind of um, effect it has on me, our mum dying, it's actually quite interlinked. I'm only just realizing now was I, I overslept so so much um, in those immediate days after mum died and months. And I'm actually going to go as far as even saying years. It's only really like now, as I've kind of. I don't even know when I've kind of actually really started having a proper healthy relationship with sleep and sleep is so fucking important guys. Like if there's one thing I'm going to police you on and with my fake doctorate is your sleep is so important and in grief as well because, Oh, it's just recharging. But anyway, anyway, let me get into it. Um, I would oversleep. I'd kind of always overslept as like a child and a young adult, but, I remember the the night our mum was in hospital when she was literally dying. I remember my brother, he couldn't sleep all night and I was out like a light. I slept like the whole night through. Um, Hashtag going to hell. Like, (laughs) sorry, you're dying, mum, but um, I need my eight hours. (laughs) But, and then after that, I would find myself that I would be, yeah, going to bed I was always quite going to bed quite late just like ruminating over things sleeping till quite like late hours of the morning sometimes into the afternoon like losing days I was losing days like I can't sit here and count and say like I did anything for like, I would just lose days just through sleeping and and then I would like nap in the daytime as well I was just so exhausted um even on like as the as the years went by and kind of like mum wasn't always such a I mean she still is but like you know in them early like days months years when like they are just all that is present in your mind and then as time goes on yeah they're not the first thing that you think about when you wake up or the last thing at night but like they make their pockets you know in into your day like just as the years went by kind of I was I was just still so exhausted and just like thinking about her and everything that had happened was so physically exhausting it was just like I could feel my body like tense as I was like thinking about her and even pretty still to this day like I know when I like I tell my story to people and stuff like I can feel my body get really tense and like I get quite exhausted after it and just be like, I need a nap. I need a nap. So oversleeping and sleeping for yeah, a long periods of time was definitely a thing for me. And, um, I just became so lethargic, like, and I really, really try not to like nap in the daytime now. Um, because I always used to wake up. For, it was always a good idea. 
they're always a good idea aren't they naps until they aren't and I'd always wake up and I just feel so much more shittier than I already did you know that after nap like taste in your mouth is fucking disgusting like I was having that I was like oh no I, I have to stop napping I just have to actually start taking my bedtime routine really seriously um and like I've dipped in and out of like a healthy sleep routine over the years and kind of finally now for actually I was going through a little bit of a blip right now but um getting back on track and actually realizing when I've when I was it sounds does it sound daft I don't know of when you've got a really good sleep routine like I don't know you just feel like better to handle the day like fuck me there's nothing worse than maybe you know getting maybe four or five hours of sleep and again this is totally relative to people that we will discuss later in like insomnia that's why it's so important to seek the help that you do need to rectify that um because you just totally dysfunction totally dysfunction um and then the last experience for me was definitely one that came years later and it was actually it's actually quite a serious one and I was like oh fucking hell given the circumstances too was I started to have heart worries like actually worries about my physical heart um I would get pains and pangs in my heart and not enough to like, you know, like cripple me to the floor or anything like that. But ones to make me notice, make me stop and go, like, I can remember there would be many a times I'd be like in a conversation with somebody and I'd feel a pang and like, I'd totally disassociate because I think this is it. I'm a goner. I'm a fucking goner. Um, and then kind of look at me like I completely go like glossy behind the eyes so I'm just concentrating on what the fuck is going on with my heart and it would just be it, would, it was strange it would just feel like I could feel every pulse of it and I was like mm, is this a mini heart attack am I having a stroke what is going on and then throw in obviously that my mother died of a heart attack I'm at 51 I am it's ingrained in me right now guys that I will die of a heart attack <laughs> I still haven't shaked that worry at all like so but do you know what right even me saying all that right you would have thought in that immediacy I would have gone to the doctor I didn't though did I I just went oh and I mean and again a full disclaimer I was a cigarette smoker um and so, you know, I'd be like, oh my God, why am I getting these heart pangs? And my boyfriend would be like, maybe because you smoke 20 cigarettes a day, you dickheads. I was like, yeah, true, but I'm not going to give them up. I have now, um, but I am an e-cigarette smoker. So kind of, I'd have these worries and be like, oh my God, oh my God, like I can't die young, like my mum, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of actually looking at my lifestyle and going, oh, well, Amber, if you were to, everyone would say, told you so. Um, <laughs> which my boyfriend actually does say to me sometimes. Bastard. Because you know, if you die, if you die of something, I'm like, oh my, well, live fast, die young. Bad girls do it well. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I actually did take action this year. I did take action with my health this year. I don't know what it was, guys. I think it was turning the big 25, you know, the big two five. I know, I know I look... um, I look so much younger, don't I? Right. <laughs> um, it's all that fucking money on skincare that I spend. Um, but so yeah, I turned 25 this year back in May. And when when our mum died, our family GP uh, back in our hometown, he said, he was like, you know, with your mum, like it, it wasn't like, well, it was like semi-abnormal, obviously of that age to die of a, a very sudden heart attack. Um so it would be wise to every year come back and just have blood tests and, uh, you know, get a little MOT, get a little MOT and get yourself checked out. And I remember like thinking, yeah, that's solid advice there, Doc. Like I, I will actually do that. And then I think a year after I went back to uh, the same hospital, in which my mum died, Wexham Park Hospital, to do this blood test. Um, it was really random. I just, I just woke up one day. I'm very impulsive, guys. I'm quite impulsive. And uh, I woke up. I was like, I'm just going to go get a blood test. My boyfriend's like, okay. I was like, bye. Um, hopped in my car, went to the hospital. I don't know why I went to the hospital. Again, like just brain fog. Like, what the fuck was I? Why don't you just call a GP? Why don't you call a GP? Um, and get there there's like this fat queue get to the front of it and i was like oh i just want to because the g actually no tell a lie that's why i did go to the hospital the gp told me you have to go to the hospital and do it again i don't know you know how factual that is but um so i did i go there i get to the front i go oh i've been advised by my gp to go and you know have a blood test because blah 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 and she was like okay great have you um fasted for 12 hours (laughs) i said darling what I said fasted for 12 hours, given though still that I did have a lack of appetite, but, you know, actually forcefully telling myself not to eat for 12 hours. Am I clinically insane? Um, and I said, no, darling, I haven't fasted for 12 hours. She goes, oh, no, I can't. We can't do a blood test. Why? So I was like, oh, whatever then. Okay, walked out, the stroppy teenager that I, I actually still was a teenager then. Um, <laughs> I still find that mad that I was a teenager. What the fuck? Um, and went back home and it completely deterred me for five years couldn't be asked couldn't be asked to do it so it was until this year of 2022 that I realized oh Amber you're getting a bit croaky now darling you know you've hit 25 you're you're over the hill you're over the hill and um I thought fuck it let's do it so I uh, I call, I'm, I've moved out of my hometown area now to a different area. So I've got a new GP, a new practice, and um, I called. Actually, what it was, my brother. He he went and did his little MOT. He was like, "Ah, oh, we'll go and do yours." I was like, "Okay, fine." So he was like, "His friend's a doctor." He was like, "Tell her to ask for an ECG blood test." Da, 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 just a simple little MOT. I was like, "Okay, cool." Call at the GP. You know, one, it's like winning the the, the lo- local lottery now. Getting through the like, yes get in you've got through the line you sat here for 45 bloody minutes trying to just get through to not even your gp to the reception i mean you know god love the nhs and i hope it repairs but 
you know, it's it's that postcode lottery at the moment trying to get a GP. Jesus Christ, trying to put my smear in was just like, you know, done, I'll just do it myself. Um, I get through to the receptionist, said, hi, uh, la, 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 I would like to book a um, uh, ECG and a blood test, please. Why? She said, why? I said, um, I was like, oh, just a little MOT, you know. Um I don't know, I was a bit reluctant to just be like, my mum died and I should get one. Um, so I was a bit reluctant. I just said, oh, I've just been advised to. She was like, by which? And she was questioning. And I was like, oh, I'll cut to the chase, love. I said, I said, my mum died six years ago, 51. And when she died, our family doctor at the time said we should have regular, da, 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 this, this and that. Um, you know, that's why. If it's, if it's too much of a hassle and it's, you know, whatever, I'll leave it. She's like, one second, put me on hold. She's like, yes, um, okay, next week I'm going to put you on a consultancy call with the doctor and he'll see, okay. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. A week later, have that call with the doctor. And this was honestly, guys, like given that, it wasn't a bad experience with the receptionist like I went. It was just a bit, you know, a bit hostile to start with. And um, and then get through to the doctor and I got, I was, I was a bit like, you know, wall up a little bit because, you know, like actually trying to do something for my health and like fight for something and actually, you know, be proactive and kind of, was fighting walls and I was it's a good thing I'm a stubborn bitch but um if you're not a stubborn bitch you might feel like oh god maybe I shouldn't be pushing for this but later on I'll tell you that yes you should um so I get through to the doctor and he's so kind and he's so lovely and I tell him all about it and he's like so why are you I said yeah my mum died he said and as I finish he's like I just want to say I'm so sorry to hear about the loss of your mum I was like oh doc thank you that's very kind of you and then he was like what I'll do, I'll get you booked in next week with the nurse and we'll do all of that just so you have peace of mind. And it's very simple measure, just have that peace of mind. I was like, thank you very much, kind, kind sir. Go there the next week, have my ECG, watch, you know, she's put all the sticky little wires all over me, like my titties and my feet and everything. I feel like something out of X-Men. And um, run the things, run the things. And it all came back honky-dory. So maybe I won't die of a heart attack at 51 like my mother. Who knows? We'll only have to wait another 20 odd years. Oh my God, is it even less? <gasps> Quick maths. Oh my God, guys. Yeah, 20, oh, 26 years I've only got to wait. Shit. Shit in hell. That's a realisation. Good Lord. Anyway, after that so that's my story so my heart I was quite actually worried about my heart that was a long-term effect of my grief that I was like oh god I don't know um was it not for my grief it kind of was like when the times I I remember the times when I would be like vomiting nearly crying about my mum and I would get those pangs in my heart and I was like oh my god like these are very interlinked and so I did a little bit of googling and I found out why I google you know effects of why why are we affected by grief and what is the science behind it and this came up with um on heart problems this is on a blog i'll probably i'll link it in the uh, episode notes it said heart problems this the intense stress your body undergoes can increase the risk of heart attack love that for us grief can also lead to a temporary condition that mimics heart disease mimics disease known as all right here we go takotsubo cardiomyopathy or as we do know broken heart syndrome 
characterized by chest pain, shortness of breath and ballooning of the left ventricle. Oh my God. This condition occurs primarily in women, yay, but often resolves itself within a month. Oh, swiftly moving on from that lovely <laughs> little note of resource there when I when I put that into the notes I thought that's really great and really insightful but actually yeah, reading out loud is a bit um petrifying um but one thing I did want to share with you guys before I move on to uh, community responses is that the body keeps the bloody score the body keeps the score um and this was there is an actual book literally called that called the body keeps the score and I will share that as a resource at the end and other things um but it really helped me understand how trauma and grief can live in your body consciously and subconsciously it's a thick read it's a thick read I would maybe highly recommend audiobook um but it's really really fantastic and actually where where it can almost get trapped like I know of stories of people where it's been like trapped in their throat like they feel like they've always got like a really tight throat and that might be you as well where like you feel almost like you're choking a little bit and it can sometimes stem from like you know you're not if you're not releasing you know potentially if you don't normally lean into like crying and like releasing through that way or like you're holding something back you need to voice something like grief and trauma can be trapped in those um and that can come from like a natural scientific or actually even like spiritual as well of like if you believe in like chakras and throat chakras and things like that um it's fantastic read but anyway um for me kind of like what helped me get kind of through and was was talking to people and, and releasing my grief and my release obviously is through this on the podcast and through the community but actually speaking with other people who are bereaved and, and that story that I just told you there about the throat came from a friend through grief gang and like it wouldn't be without those conversations and just that transparency of just being like do you experience this like is it just me and then I like, know like I know someone who's done that or I've been through that myself and that is why I wanted to do this whole episode so gonna get into now the grief response the responses from the grief gang community of um what and how they said they feel and know that grief affects their body so I've got a couple of like actual emails that people sent and then I've got this big bullet list right and I don't even know how many are on here but I'm going to read you this bullet point list and if you think this have affected you like you know I don't know, you were at home, raise your hand, I don't know. <laughs> Make a tally chart or something, I don't know. Right, so I asked, how does grief impact your your, oh, your body? The grief gang community said, let's go, headaches slash migraines, fatigue, exhaustion slash extreme tiredness, insomnia, forgetfulness slash brain fog, oversleeping, full body aches, lack of focus, lack of appetite, hair loss slash thinning, eczema flare-up slash psoriasis, eczema came up a lot, a lot, um, skin breakout slash adult acne, IBS slash bowel issues, where's all my ubisa guys and gals, where are we darlings, get some probiotics because it's hard out here, acid reflux, weak immune systems, unintentional weight loss, bloatedness, acid reflux. Did I have, oh, I put that twice. Oh, how embarrassing. Weight gain, nausea, neck pain slash jaw pain, deep muscle and joint pain, susceptibility to infections. 
so that was like it's an extensive list it's an extensive list um as I was saying, yeah, eczema, eczema flare-ups came up a lot, but also so did aches and pains, like just general aches and pains in the body came up a lot. And here is another explanation that I found to that. Stress hormones can also increase physical pain. People in mourning often report physical discomfort, which can manifest as headaches, joint pain, back pain, and stiffness. The bombardment of stress hormones essentially, the bombardment of stress hormones essentially, quote, stuns the muscles, which is the cause for these uncomfortable sensations. Fortunately, the pain is most often temporary, but any prolonged discomfort should be discussed with a doctor. So, just a little explanation there if you were kind of looking for one, maybe. Right, and here are some of the emails that I got from people when I put out if they had a bit of more of a lengthy response to send to me. Um, somebody says, hi, Amber, thanks for this. A little bit about me. I lost my dad 10 years ago after his diagnosis and rapid deterioration of MS. I've meandered my way through grief in the last 10 years, but last year, as I was in the middle of writing my dissertation, I had the worst eczema flare-up since I was a toddler. I had chosen to do my dissertation on young people's experiences with post-traumatic growth after losing a parent and was loving the whole experience of researching and interviewing people, but my body had a very visceral reaction. It took about six to eight months for my body to settle. And whilst I'm sure there was a large factor of stress slash COVID, COVID-19, etc. I also felt it was a layer of grief that I hadn't experienced yet. I find that so fascinating. And thank you for sharing that. I mean, I'm really sorry that you experienced that six to eight months for that to settle. Sounds like agony and um, and as eczema can be really debilitating um, and so uncomfortable. But as you said, yeah, my body having a very visceral reaction. So though mentally you're really enjoying this experience and talking to people and understanding them and, and you know, gaining research for your dissertation, your body is saying, we're not enjoying this, hun. We're not enjoying this. Really interesting. Uh, next one. Hi, Amber. Further to your Instagram post request, just wanted to share my experience. I had many of things listed in your post, such as widow brain, fog of grief, which resulted in loss of concentration slash focus skills, forgetfulness, apathy, lack of focus and higher stress levels. However, the big thing for me was weight gain. During the time I was a carer for my late wife, I lost a bit of weight because I was so busy. But after she died, I fell into the trap of emotional slash comfort eating. I made sure to watch my alcohol intake, but didn't bother in the same way to watch my snacking, etc. And ended up putting on four stone over three years. I had a health scare that required an operation under general aesthetic. And at the pre-op, I saw the figures on the scales and was and was told I'd hypertension, brackets, high blood pressure. That was my wake up call and the kick up the arse to do something about it. I needed to get healthier for myself and my young son. Thankfully, three years on from that point, I've managed to lose a total of six and a half stone, get my blood pressure down to normal levels and ditch the blood pressure medication and become the healthiest I've been since my teens. That was a journey there. That was a journey right there. Thank you so much for sharing that. Wow. Um, here we go. Hello, lovely. After my mum died, my stomach stopped processing food. I would eat and I would eat and food would just lie there for hours. Inevitably, I would throw up because it just wasn't going anywhere. Went to the doctor and he told me how the brain and gut are so closely connected. 
basically the chemical signals to tell my stomach to move the food to the next stage of digestion weren't firing. So I had to get medication to manually move food through me. It took months for my brain and my gut to start talking to each other again. Grief is so fucking weird. Yes, it is. So literally, like, to, to presume, brain is so fogged up with grief, it's forgetting to do its job. It's forgetting to do its job to say, oh, brain, sorry, you need a down and level stomach. Um, you need to head on down and move the food along. Um, and, and, and you know, level level stomach is just in fucking flames. They're like, hello, we've got a backlog here. We need to get this food moving along. Isn't that fascinating? And it took months for the brain and gut to start talking to each other again, to be pals again. Some resources for you. Um, thank you for listening to this little mini so It actually ended up being a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, some resources for you that I wanted to share um, from today's episode and just, you know, to round it up. If you are experiencing, you know, physical effects that are detrimentally affecting your day-to-day life, please head to your GP and talk to them. I know sometimes like people don't maybe have the best relationship with their GP or don't put much trust into them. You're you're not or you know you may think like oh this is silly like it's just something that will pass and it might well do it might well do but if it's something that's really debilitating your everyday you know functionality of life please go and see your doctor and fight for your case. Fight for your case. If you're going there and you're kind of being turned away and no, you're being silly, but you feel in your heart of hearts that there's just something not right, and you you well you want to get your life back and to kind of get a little bit back on track a little. Please do and fight for your case. And and if you don't feel up to it, have somebody there with you too to fight your case for you. To because I know sometimes I know when I go to the GP, sometimes I have all these things that I want to say, and then I get in there and sometimes get a little bit intimidated. I know it's hard to hard to think of me being intimidated. I'm a bitch, but. Sometimes you do just need someone to be like, oh no, and you wanted to talk about this thing, didn't you, as well? And I know that's really hard, especially in COVID times, as I know still the GP is sort of like, you know, one person in and stuff like that. But even if you can't take somebody, write all the things that you want to get down. Like if you can write a log of what you've been like experiencing, write that log down, bring it in with you so that you know. Because like I said, it's like postcode lottery with them GP appointments. You know, you've left that appointment knowing I have told them absolutely everything that is going on with me. Um, and you haven't got up, go, oh shit, I need to make another appointment again. And you got to wait another two weeks. Um, the book that I was mentioning earlier, The Body Keeps the Score. So yeah, read or listen to the book, The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Bessel van der Kolk. So that's B-E-S-S-E-L space van, V-A-N, space D-E-R space k-o-l-k fantastic read fantastic read um and then the little um pockets of information i was talking about earlier after like the heart and um aches and pains that came from a blog that was on unitedphysiciangroup.com um how grief affects your body so if you want to go in a little bit onto that they had different kind of explanations on things on there as well um and lastly talk to your friends and family and don't suffer alone don't suffer in silence um those that love and care for you will support you in finding the right support you might be worried about worrying them um like i was i was quite petrified to tell anybody in my life about those heart problems I was having on but they were worrying me so much that people could begin to see that worry on my face and so I couldn't really hide it anymore and once I shared it 
um, there was kind of like a clear pathway of how I could get through it and actually be like, okay, let's try and find a solution then just to talk about it, you know? Um, so yeah, you, you might be worried about worrying them, but as I said earlier, you know, your health has to come first, you and your health and, and, um, your everyday life and day-to-day of how you move around and navigate through um your physicality is so important and understanding that grief can affect that and that you're not like crazy and you're not overthinking or you're not being you know these two things are very interlinked um so it's good to know these things it's good to know well that's the end of the episode thank you so much for joining me on this mini so that's kind of not ended up a mini so um i've really enjoyed it lots of love bye up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.